Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Julia Jack. Here's a bit about Julia. Julia Sue Jack is the daughter of two warm West Indian parents. She was raised in Connecticut. She graduated with a Bachelor of Architect degree decades ago, and her career started out traditionally as she went straight to work in an architectural firm. Let, let alone, um, she would claim that her most empowering and life-changing professional experience was in her work at Capital Workforce Partners in collaboration with Habitat for Humanity, where she endeavored to engage young men and women in the fields of construction with such a growing yet still small pool of female constructor constructors, she felt immeasurably passionate about her work. Now, Julia Sujak also Julia Sujak also proclaimed she is a jack of all trades, but master of only one, me facing 50. Y'all, she's the golden age. And without further ado, <laughs> please welcome Julia Jack, where we will talk about all things women over 50. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I mean, golden age. I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> thank you for having me. My pleasure. Well, you know what they say. Party City says 40 is over the hill. 50 is golden. And I forgot what the rest of them are. But <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we'll get to those another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely want you to share a fun yet interesting fact about yourself, Julia. Okay. Fun and interesting. I don't know. Fun and interesting. I don't know if I'm fun and interesting now over 50. Um, I don't know. Fun and interesting. Fun and interesting. Why is that so hard? Um, I'll, I'll just share. I am a mother of five children, but we're a blended family. So we have me, uh, yours, mine, and ours. So we're a little bit of a mini Brady Bunch. So I think that was fun, just integrating the two families. And then we had one together, our youngest son, who will be graduating from high school school um and I will tell you all for all those blended or soon to be blended families out there for us the hardest part was blending the adults the kids got along perfectly fine so <laughs> that's fun I, I mean it's interesting I'm not sure how much fun but that's a little tidbit about me that's pretty cool and I can resonate with that I am that one kid that is both from mom and dad but I'm also West Indian, but my dad was South American. So he was okay. from Curacao. So right off the tip of Venezuela. And my mom is from St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So wow. they both came with two. So my mom had two boys and my dad had two girls. And then my mom said, I really want a girl. And then they had me. So I tell people I'm the glue that holds it all together. And I'm also yes. the youngest. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, exactly the same, except our youngest is a boy, but that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I always like when my guests share their fun and interesting facts because it's like, oh, wow, I would have never guessed that or anything like that. Yeah. But it's also a good yeah. icebreaker for the viewers as well as the listeners to connect more with you on a personal yeah. level. 
So when you think about women and empowering women over 50, why is this your passion area? Well, it started out when I was about to turn 50. I, uh, my father had passed away. My father passed away about six months before I was about to turn 50. And so when I hit that 50 mark, my father was only about 30, 35, 50. Uh, I'm less than 30 years older than me. So I was thinking to myself, if I only have 30 years left, that's not a lot of time. The first 50, my kids were little and then they were big. And then I was 50, just like that. So that's sort of what sparked it in me. And then I started to think and look and see the world and see just, uh, forgive me everyone, okay? Don't give bad comments, just be encouraging. But <laughs> I felt like I looked out in the world and I saw a lot of older women with the lack of character that I thought we should have when we become sort of the elder women, that we need to really peel off all that other stuff that we used to deal with when we were younger. And we do it in some part when we get 50. We start to get comfortable with our bodies and we accept you know, lots of different things about us. We start to look at our journeys and un try to understand it. But it just seems to be at a sort of a basic level. I want us to know that figuring out where we are is not where, we're, where we end, that we really need to now take that as a springboard to go higher, not only because we have been blessed with 50 years plus of life, but because there's others coming up behind us that are watching us. And so I just wanted to encourage this generation. I know we talk about wrinkles and we talk about menopause and we talk about gray hair and we talk about um, dating after 50 if you don't have a spouse and all of those other things and they are important. But without character development, what have you left behind in the world? So I left a pretty picture that it'll probably get lost. And, you know, I might have left a spouse who loves me, but for our communities at large and for the younger women coming up behind us, what have we left? You know, you know what's the big um, wave or ripple that we're leaving in the world when we leave? So don't just go to an old folks home um, or an elderly complex or living with your daughter and son and just fade away into the sunset. You have so much more to offer. So stay out there and get out there if you're not already out there. So that's sort of where it came from in a nutshell. I love that. And with yeah. that, you started the F50, um, which is your women, your women movement. And yeah. it's a moment created to provoke women facing 50 and beyond. And you mm -hmm. say it's into a mindful, purposeful, passionate pursuit yeah. of their life, career, family, spirit, and beyond. So whenever you created F50 Women, did, was it an idea that just started on paper or did it start in your head? Walk us through that journey and from mm -hmm. inception to conception, if that makes sense. It very much makes sense, but I don't know if you want to walk through a journey in my head. <laughs> that might be a different podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a great question because um, let me try to, because it's a, it was a long journey. It was a few years of um, uh, self-seeking and, and questioning. And um, I really, like I said, my father passed away. I turned 50. My career felt like it was stalled. I had a lot of different opportunities, but I was flatlined and I was frustrated. 
Um, there were things that were happening in my personal life that kept happening over and over, over all of these years, 50 years of life, it kept happening. And I just, you know, the breaks went on and I said, you know what? This can't be the world doing this to me. There's something wrong with me. So I turned the mirror back at myself and I said, what are you doing or what are you not doing? Yes, exactly. What are you doing or are you not doing that got you here and that keeps getting you here? Why are you not moving forward? And so I went through a process. I put myself through a process of um, 30 days of discomfort, what I called it. I purposely came up with things that made me uncomfortable. Um, talking to people in the grocery store, you know, any types of things that would make me feel uncomfortable, spending time just doodling for like a couple of hours, which, you know, after a while, you're sort of like, I'm done. But to make myself keep going, just things like that, going outside and walking uh, in front of my office, walking around the parking lot, talking out loud, praying out loud. Don't worry about so if somebody hears you. Just those kind of things. Because I just wanted to shift out of the the pattern of thinking that I was in over years after years after years. So after that, and then I started questioning, why, why do you have me here, God? What's my point? What's my purpose? And so I got to a point, not only realizing that it was me that had me stuck, but also I turned around and I looked at my story and I tried to figure out, okay, where do I, where did I come from? What am I like? Um, what's my natural personality? Where do I naturally fit in the business that I'm in? And I thought back, and again, my dad was a big part of this whole picture because he was so smart. I mean, he taught himself three different languages. He had a PhD in chemistry. Then he got a master's degree in economics. He read everything, remembered everything. He was just the smartest man on the planet. And so I wanted to be like him, but he was very masculine. He was very intelligent and very masculine. And I tried for years to be that. And it just, I realized it just doesn't work for me. Because I'm, I'm uh, you know, I like to smile. I like to encourage. I'm very feminine. I like to, you know, I love to read, but I'm not like my dad. I just don't, my brain just isn't gifted with that kind of thing that he has. So I came to the point where I just accepted my story. I accepted that I was a, a, a daughter of two West Indian immigrants. You know, I grew up in an all white town. So that taught me assimilation in a sense that diversity now is not something that you need to teach me. I understand the value of people. I just fundamentally understand human beings are human beings. There are people who are one color who are jerks and there are people who are that same color who are absolutely amazing human beings. Um, but these, I, so I, uh, long story short, I just really read my own story and accepted what it was telling me. And as soon as I started doing that, things started opening up, you know, the job opportunities came because I started to just be me. And now I don't want to make it like it was magic. You know, I didn't get promoted to CEO next week. Oh, she's herself and she's now run my company. But I started finding positions that fit who I was. I wasn't just going to do whatever it was that I thought I should do or the, the things that I thought my father would do if he was in my position. Um, so then I started to see that this was an issue for me and it's got to be an issue for others as well because we oftentimes we have a lot of baggage throughout our careers and throughout our lives people tell us you should be this or you would be good at that or you know you can never do that and you turn 50 and it doesn't magically disappear but what happens when you turn 50 you start saying all right it's over now I mean what what 
okay, so I can figure it out, but what's the point? I'm old. No, I can't do anything different now, but that's completely a lie. So that is sort of the uh, history behind the growth. And like I said, it was not very linear. It was back and forth, up and down. Um, but when I got to that point in my career, at least, I said, okay, so why are you still in architecture? Why are you doing this? What's the point? And I realized I really wanted to help other women. I've always wanted to help other women, but how can you help other women get in the room that you're in if you leave it? So I said, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start doing this business that I do, not so I can be great or I, I can get to someplace, but so I can help other young women or older women get into the same door I'm in and then go beyond me. And that changed everything in the sense that at, that was the year that I said, I'm going to take my exams. I hadn't to that point. And so I sat down, I, I studied, I took them, there's seven exams. So I did those seven exams in the eight months and I was done because the reason why I was doing it was different. The first time I did it, I wanted to be a great architect. I wanted everybody to know Julia, the architect. I wanted to be, you know, talked about at parties or something, you know, everybody loves me having an architect friend. But now, now I just really don't care. The reason why I'm here is because I've had years of um, experience all in and around architecture. And I can share that with you and I can package it up to you and I can leave that to you. So you can come in the room and you can be great. And hopefully you'll take it even further and do the same for someone else. So that's pretty much where it all came from. And I love that. And it sounds like your dad was very much involved in your life, like my dad was. Yeah. And my condolences to you. I lost my dad Thank in you. November of 2020. So I could resonate oh, yeah. with um, the loss of a father and especially one who was very um, prevalent and dominant in some of your upbringing and some of the ideas yeah. that you had. But now thinking about where you are, it sounds like you're, you got clarity on your why. And then mm -hmm. by having clarity on your why, you regain focus in a particular area where you weren't just doing something to, for Julia, but you were doing it for other women who were coming along besides as well as behind you. So it was, it's a way of you to lay a foundation while leaving a legacy and making that imprint that is driving a huge impact, Julia. And so when you think about F50, first, I forgot mm -hmm. to ask you, why the name F50 woman? It yes. almost reminds me of like a Ford truck or something. Yes, and that's where, that's, so I first started off with facing 50. So that's where the F50 came from. But then when I searched and looked about, you know, it's good to see what F50 means in the world if anybody else is using it. You don't wanna use something that people um, identify with something negative. So when I looked at F50, I think Nike has an F50 sneaker and um, there's some cars, some sports cars that are F50 XYZs. So it's kind of um, um, more powerful, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? New and modern and, and forward thinking. So that's why I kept the F50, but it started from facing 50. So oh. F50 women. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for sharing the context there. Cause I was like, why does yeah. F50 sound so familiar? And the yeah. picture that just kept coming up in my mind was like the four, cause you all, I live in Texas. So you always uh, see those F150s jacked up trucks that like the guys like to have their uh, trucks lifted here and everything. Right. So I was like, yeah. 50 F. <laughs> right. 
So um, I want you to talk about a challenging time that you face throughout your entire career because architect is a very male-dominated field and especially being a woman, plus you add on a woman of color in a male-dominated field and talk about how that challenging time has helped you pave the way for where you are now because sometimes people don't like to talk about their start ugly moments, the start ugly truths or those challenges but it's those challenges that are character builders for us. Yes, absolutely, yes. And so in the region I'm in, I'm in Connecticut. So in the region I'm in, um, being a black woman, you know, both of those things as I was going through my career were very, I was very um, one of the only most of the time. And um, so I didn't have, and the reason why I say in this region, in this region, there's not a lot of, um, pushback or, um, um, you know, you weren't discarded or pushed aside. At least I wasn't. But it, it was very, sort of a very gentle, silent exclusion. Um, and a lot of what happened to me was a lot of internal. It's hard to always walk in a room and be the only one of something. At least it was for me. You always walk in and, and then you always have the eyes looking at you and you feel like, are they looking at me because I'm asking me what I'm doing here? Yeah. <laughs> or are they looking at me thinking, oh, something new. Um, so it was, it was very much internal and mental gymnastics that I had to do to keep telling myself, you belong here. You're okay here. It's good. This is good. Um, so for me, it was a lot of internal lessons kind of generating that constant self-talk, telling myself that you belong here, don't sit in the back. And of course, you know, some of us have the blessing of having parents, like you said, who are very involved. My mother always told me from when I was young, stop sitting in the back row, go to the front row, you belong there, stand up straight. You know, she would always say those things so that I had that internal message also repeating. But I think what I learned is, again, fueling right up to where I am, you're here for a reason. Don't think about being the only and how hard it is and what they're doing to me or what they're not doing to me, what they are giving me or not. But think about you are sort of paving a way where you can open the trail and others can come in and the room can look a lot more diverse. And now we're building something. You know, I'm helping to build something new. Um, and, you know, People who are building new things and paving new ways are, it's never an easy path. I wouldn't say mine was hard. I think mine was, um, it was okay. I didn't, I don't know. I, I don't look back and think it was hard. It was just what it was. And I'm thankful because like you said, all of those challenges, they're always end with gifts. It gives you something unless you refuse to accept the gift and you start looking at the, the, the negatives or the hole. You know, if you, if you imagine if you jumped over a big hole and you, you're not thinking, oh my gosh, I'm on dry land now, you're still looking back at the hole and you're focused on the hole. So you probably fall in the hole because you're focusing on the hole, not walking forward. So I think that was the biggest thing for me. It was, it was a mind, it could have been a mind game if I allowed it to be. And thank you for sharing that because just like the example and the challenge you just shared, there's a lot of women that are dealing with some something similar, but they may not know how to really navigate it without allowing it to affect them 
um, mentally, yeah. physically, emotionally, and personally. And it could be very taxing yeah. where they end up getting out of the race too soon. But if they would have just weathered the storm yeah. and remained steadfast, there's another woman who they could have passed the torch to. Yes. Yeah. So, it's very much, it's very much that this journey I'm learning, at least I'm learning, is not always about me. You yeah. know, there's a lot of women who went before us that didn't get to where we are, but they kept going. And because they got that far generations later, now we get to be this far. So it's definitely not always about me. And it's, I might not see the results of what I persevere to bring forward. So yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's just like the movie Hidden Figures. Like if you think about that movie Hidden Figures, there were so many of those women who after the movie came out, they're like, oh man, I was a hidden figure in my field. And when yeah. that movie came out, it shed light on some of the women who were doing all of this incredible work, but they were never noticed up until someone yeah. was bold and brave enough to put out a movie such as Hidden Figures or the movie yeah. like The Help or there's so many other movies that we could talk about. But you have to ask yourself, why am I here and what's my purpose and yeah. who is tied to my purpose? Because our purpose isn't just for us, but it's yeah. outward looking and onward focus. Yes, very much so. Very much so. And then, you know, what somebody else brought up to me recently was, um, I think they were writing a book or they were doing something. Um, and what they were sharing was when you help, I think it was diversity in the classroom or something like that. When you help those who are the diverse population, you're also helping those that aren't a diverse population because they're watching what's happening to the others. So even as we walk through our hard paths or our differences or you know, paving the way, whatever it is, whether you're white or Chinese or whatever you are, as you're paving your way in whatever challenge you're going through, you're not only helping those who will have the same challenge as you, but those ones who are looking on, they may say, hey, that must be challenging for her. Next time I'm gonna help somebody with that, you know? So it can, it can spread out even further than your intention is to spread, so. Yes, I like that. And if you think about, you know, wildfires, metaphorically speaking, I'm not telling anyone to go start a bunch of wildfires. Just, right. ask, <laughs> just ask yourself, how can I continue to ignite flames within me for these yeah. flames to continually burn throughout the, for the forest and yeah. link up in a massive wildfire? Because light is attracted to light, just like darkness is attracted to darkness. So allow your inner light to shine and then others will follow suit as well as stand yeah. in solidarity. So Julia, what are some tips that you would like to give women who are 50 or maybe they're maybe they're 50 now or they're getting ready to step into that golden age mm -hmm. yeah I would say the first thing I would say to do is to read your own story and that doesn't mean write your um to write a fiction story or something that means to actually look back on your life See, just really just read the whole, pretend you're writing your own biography from when you were young and just write it as it was, where you grew up, what your parents were like, what you were like, what you liked doing. Some of those questions were the best ones I had. What, what did you like doing? What were you like? Because oftentimes what we liked doing, what we were like, got 
um, watered down along the way. And we forgot who we were, who we naturally were as young people. Hopefully you can remember some of that or you know, ask people who knew you. And then think about what school was like, what you were like then, what did you go through? Um, what did you deal with? And it will grow up to be a story of who you are and you'll see where who you were got twisted, whether by you or someone else and got you off the path that you should be on. So I'm a big proponent for writing and reading your own biography because that will help you to figure out where you go from here to connect back to that person who was born, who God had a purpose for and what that purpose is. So, you know, a lot of times um, they say, find your why, find your purpose. And we struggle to figure out um, what I do best. And um, it's very much um, current focus, focus on right now. But I think your purpose and your why was came with you when you were born. And if you look back and you think back, um, you'll, you'll discover something that you might not discover just by going through a current purpose, why scenario. You know, I was talking to a group of women and one of the ladies in the audience, when I went through an exercise of writing your, your story, uh, reading your biography, she said that she is a, I don't know, she said that she's a, a assertive person or something like that. She kept saying it, but the way that she kept saying it, it was almost like she that's either her defense to life or somebody told her to be that and so there are a lot of times that we feel like we are something but it's really our reaction to life rather than our inward expression of who we were put here to be so that is my one biggest piece of advice the second piece of advice would be don't stop don't quit and yes go do that thing don't say I'm 50 years old and I can't change my career now because I've been doing this so long. No, don't say that. You can pivot your career. You can use the skills you have now to do something else. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I just really, really, really want ladies who are 50 and over to understand you don't have much more time. You know, I've known two friends, two girlfriends of mine now so far who one, um, she went out, her husband went out for a jog, she went out, she came home and he was no longer alive when he, she got home. Another girl, woman, Saturday night, they were hanging out, everything was fine. Sunday, he, was, he just didn't wake up. And so what I have learned from those situations is that you do not know how many more days you have left. And the older you get, the more likely it is you might only have one more day. So live every single day as if it is your last, but act like it's not. So when I say that is, I mean, do today, live today. Don't think, oh, you know, I'm not going to hug my husband. He's making me mad. But you might not get to hug him tomorrow. And I'm telling you, I've seen it. It's very, it's, it's painful. So act like today is the last day. I've got to tell people I love them. I've got to encourage that person. I've got to, I don't know cook that dinner, uh, just, but then I say, act like you're going to have that, like it's not your last day. So in other words, don't go and kick the neighbor because I'm not going to be here to, tomorrow anyway. So, you know, so don't, so act like you're going to be here forever and act like what you do is going to be left here forever with your name on it. So those are my couple of pieces of advice. Just, you are not done yet, but you don't 
have much more time. So do it now. If you want a relationship with God, go after it 100% right now. If you want to write a book, start now. Maybe you'll only get a chapter, but oh my gosh, the people who read it will be like, she was working on a book. And that chapter, you never know, might be the one that changes that person's life who reads it. So those are my two pieces of advice. That is amazing. And thank you for giving that advice. And um, a song came to my head. I, it's a country Western song. And it's like, live like you were dying. And it went, and it's like, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 3.7 seconds. Um, and it's like, man, something sweeter. I'll have to find the links and probably yeah. put a little, a little bit of the links in the um, show notes because it's so um fun it's so funny that you say that because sometimes yeah. people there there's also another song that says people take life for granted until you're walking by the casket you take life for granted yes. until you see them in the hospital room you take yes. life for granted when you no longer hear their voice and etc yes. so what are you yes. taking for granted now yes that is the question yes yeah. what are you so, taking for granted now yes i'm gonna so write that we'll, down <laughs> We want you guys to um, think about that question and we hope that it sparks something inside of you so you can really be intentional with the now and be present with yourself right now. But until, until we bring Julia back again, I definitely want you, Julia, to give us your call to action for this segment. Okay, uh, my call to action would be go and visit my website, f50woman.com. I am trying to build a community of women over 50 to support each other and to help to those women who are not as engaged in growing themselves to connect with those who are. So I love comments. My email is f50woman at gmail.com. Please send me an email. Um, I'm not afraid of constructive criticism. You know, don't be mean. <laughs> too, too old for that <laughs> but yeah constructive criticism hey you know this might work or people to connect with um so yeah any feedback you can get that's what i'm loving right now and connect with us engage with us and uh tell us what you need tell us if you're 50 or over you could be 50 60 70 tell us what you need tell us what's missing because maybe i'm missing it and this movement is made for women by women so I need to hear back from you because it's not about me it's not about Julia absolutely and there you have it connect with f50 women with Julia Jack and Julia where do you hang out predominantly on social media um I'm a, a, a lot on Instagram so that is f, uh, f50 woman at f50 woman on Instagram and LinkedIn I do LinkedIn a lot as well so uh, I'm Julia Sue Jack on LinkedIn, but I also have a F50 Woman page there as well. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Miss Genesis Amarskamp, and you just had the pleasure of hearing my special guest, Julia Jack. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We can be found on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at GEMS with Genesis Amarskamp for all things video content. We're also looking for brand sponsors and ambassadors. If you would like to continue to drive the mission of GEMS podcast via education, inspiration, and motivation, 
while we connect and intersect the dots between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, your monetary gifts are greatly appreciated. And you can find out more info at genesisamariskemp.net. And remember, we are ranked in the top 3% globally. Yes, you heard me right, top 3% globally per www.listennotes.com. So have your brand, your product, and your service heard right here on GEMS Podcast. And until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.